was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. It was the best. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. You stupid monkey. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. Welcome to the Blurse of Times. I'm Debbie Gershay. Uh My guest with me today is Julie Mitchell. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. I'm staring down the barrel of this cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fred is the official podcat of uh, the podcast. He uh, loves uncomfortable and warm surfaces, so the sound mixer is a perfect place for him. He's trying uh, to drink my beer. He's going to try to. <laughs> he's going to come over my lap, probably, which is okay, buddy. That's come what on. he's doing. Uh, so yeah, you're in town from New York. You lived here for a little bit in New Orleans, yeah. and you now uh, are in New York doing comedy there. Doing it. How's it going? It's depressing, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing comedy in New York kind of intimidates me a little it's, bit. It's um, exhausting, and every single person I talk to, people who have like been there for five years, people are doing like amazing things that I like see on TV. Every single person I talk to is just constantly feels like they're not doing enough and like they're not where they want to be. And mm-hmm. I've just kind of accepted that that's like New York is too big and it just always makes you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I guess but once that's... you get past that, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> no, it's still, <laughs> there's everything else that's like tiring. Um, but I live by a park and that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I got a fish recently. What kind of fish is it? Actually, it's a betta fish, and I, I didn't name it, but it's red. And uh, my roommate is taking care of it right now, and she keeps texting me, red with two Ds. She's like, red's doing good. So I think I'm going to call it red's Chinese. I like that. I like in, that. In uh, New Orleans, not. I yeah. like that. So you're in... It's bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever been there to visit. I've never been there as a comic. I've, it's yeah. been, I think the last time I was there was 2007 to visit my cousin Kate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I was born there, but then we moved when I was two. So every time I had been prior to moving there was like these family vacations that were always too short. I mean, tried to do too many things mm-hmm. and it was very hectic. And now living there, I'm like, oh, this is just the vibe. Like it always feels like that. Um, but I'm getting used to it. I've only, I'll be there two years in August. Like wow. this, I know. Yeah. But yeah. Well, uh, and it, it, uh, um, I completely lost my <laughs> train of thought after that. I was like, hmm, "What was I going to say next?" It's been a uh, minute. Yeah. So yeah. So now you're you're here. You were uh, in town for my fiance's <laughs> bachelorette party that got rained out by a tropical storm. I know uh, the bachelorette party that never was, <laughs> and she's going to do another one. I'm going to try to fly down again. That'd we'll be great. See. I know. And in my heart, I did want, when she was like, maybe we'll just do something local, like I'll get a party bus. I was mm-hmm. like, I've never been on a party bus. I've never done it either. You never have? No. I like really want to do it, but I would never, Kate Mason's going away, they did it, and I yeah. was sad to not be here. I didn't do it. I just went to the bar afterwards, because uh, mm. I just, you know, like I love to drink, and I love to uh, to get real fucked up with all my friends, Yeah. Um, but I, just, I don't know, I just, a party bus just does not seem like it's 
it fits with what I would want to do. <laughs> with who I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was better of that night that, like, yeah, we were just talking about the other night how I had, like, severe, like, uh, social anxiety yes. and, like, had to go, like, sit by myself because there were so many people. And yeah. I feel, and that was in a bar and I was outside Where the you bar. you can leave. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I, in an enclosed space, like a bus, I think... Plus, I can't. I don't really dance, you know. Like I like music, but I don't really express that in any way. <laughs> not physically. Yeah, it's certainly not physically. You could hang your head out of the window like a dog. That's true. <laughs> a party bus is just like I feel like it's a Venn diagram of like everything I love and everything I hate. Like yeah. Like sometimes I think about it, and I just think about like a bunch of people, and we're drinking, and we're driving, and the wind's going through, and we have music, and that sounds amazing to me. Mm -hmm. But then I think about like you know, like an hour in where you've already talked to everyone and you're like kind of wasted and you're like yeah. in standstill traffic and there's just like the 15th Akon song. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, huge Akon fan. Sure. But like, you know, I feel like by the time I got to the end, I would be like, all right, I'm ready to never do this again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's how I would have been. I would have got like in the first like maybe I don't know. I think if I had like two beers in, I probably would be like, all right, now I'm ready to go, you know, sit down somewhere and mm -hmm. not have this music so loud and be pressed up against people like this. I need yeah. a little I need a little bubble around me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll make a party bus that has bubbles. <laughs> yeah. <that'll... laughs> What's the thing with Jake Gyllenhaal? The bubble boy. Bubble boy, yeah. What if yeah. they made a version of that, a New Orleans <laughs> version of that, where he has a bubble that's a party bus? <laughs> <laughs> and he throws up in it, and it stays in the bubble. <laughs> I will, oh, man, what would be a good name for that movie? I can't think of anything. Bubble Bounce Boy? Okay, I like no. that. Uh, well, because I'm thinking Waterboy is like the right. classic... Louisiana, yeah. and this is Bubble. Bubble. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't know either. We'll yeah. call Adam Sandler, yeah. and we'll get him to <laughs> weigh in. Yeah, this is clearly this he's is a Cajun authority, alley. right? Right. Yeah. No, he didn't nail the accent. It was perfect. So. <laughs> oh. Oh. So, uh, so yeah. let's get into let's get into the Simpsons, Simpsons stuff. So, you're not like. A hardcore Simpsons no. fan, like you're you're a fan and an, an appreciator of the Simpsons, yes. but not like so much that you would start a podcast about. It. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be my first thing to start a podcast. I think I'd start a podcast about chips before I would. Mm. <laughs> but I think I'm like in the nostalgia camp where I have so many memories that are like deeply tied like um okay did you i feel like i when i found this when my parents were selling their house and i was like going through stuff i feel like i texted you a picture of this to be like do you want me to mail you this but it i had the hardcover bart simpson's guide to life oh do you yeah remember that Wait, book? I, I do remember the book i don't remember if you texted me about it because you, you would have been have. like absolutely yeah. yes well i might not have because it was also falling apart but i that book my cousin gave it to me, or I stole it from him, one of the two. <laughs> and I could tell you, like, if I saw any page, I read that so many times. It was so funny to me. Like, there was a period of time, like, maybe 10 years, where mm -hmm. my whole sense of humor was, like, pranks and then, like, fishing stuff. Like, old men, <laughs> where they're, like, gone fishing, like, don't tell my wife or whatever. <laughs> like, all that. And then, like, sneaky, like, teen stuff where they're, like... Here's like a thing you can cut out and put on the door of this broom closet. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. 
so bumper it, stickers and yeah and the like yeah yeah my friend molly we got this bumper sticker for her car in high school we're both like 16 and white and women mm-hmm. and um the bumper sticker that we got for her car said got this car for my wife dot 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 not a bad trade <laughs> And every time we were driving, like on the highway, anytime she passed anyone, they would always just like stare in to be like, who's in there? That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, I do identify as Bart Simpson. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, uh, so, I mean, have you watched any of the newer episodes at all? Not I mean, aside really. from the one we watched just now? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like I did see... Because, okay, The Simpsons, when The Simpsons was first, first on, that's mm-hmm. all that there was in terms of, like, adult cartoon kind right. of yeah. things that I was like allowed Family to watch. Family Guy, South Park, or anything like right. that. Right. And then I remember in, like, sixth grade, South Park became huge. Mm-hmm. And I loved South Park. And then Family Guy. So there were these waves of, like, right. you know? And I feel like The Simpsons, excuse me, um, I kind of I kind of left it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, because I think my mom said something one time. I think my mom did not like Homer Simpson. She thought he was, like, crude. I mean, he is a horrible husband. <laughs> like, he's not a great role model for anyone. Right. But as a sentient donut, he's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like my mom said something about it. So I was like, oh, I can't watch this if my mom right. is here. But then I would just watch South Park where they like curse. They I said know. shit. And yeah. my mom was like, I hate this also. <laughs> so then I just, I don't know. I had the same thing with like Beavis and Butthead. Like my parents would not let me watch Beavis and Butthead. Oh, really? And then like later, because it was like, that was one of those things that like kids would like set themselves on fire by accident. And yeah, they would blame it on uh, <laughs> uh, Beavis and Butthead, which was not the case because they no. didn't. I mean, they did, you know, play with fire and but stuff. Also, it's animation. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's not real. And like, I don't know. So they were like, well, we don't jackass. want you. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's so funny how things have like changed just in that short amount of time. Totally. That, like my, everyone was so afraid. I mean, I know there was like parental outrage about Jackass, but like, mm-hmm. I just don't remember it being as big of a deal as like, you know, Beavis and Butthead was or even the Simpsons when they first came right, out. Right, and it's way worse. Yeah, like the president like came out against Who uh, did? Bill Clinton. Uh, no, uh, George Bush. How to make our families more like the Waltons and a little bit less like the Simpsons. And how to how to uh Yeah, uh, uh, for HW, the first one. Oh, the he first was, one. Yeah, he said something about uh, America should be a lot more like the Waltons and a lot less like the Simpsons. Holy shit! Yeah, it was wow. a whole thing. It was a whole. And then he bombed innocent people. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know which president. It could be anyone. They yeah. all did. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I know. It's so funny. Like people are like saying that about like uh, like with the the Epstein immigration thing. stuff, oh, and yeah, they're yeah. like everybody's like. Well, Obama did too. We're like, yeah, it was bad then too. We just didn't really know about it as right, much. But right. now that I'm aware, I'm pissed. Yeah, Fuck yeah, Obama yeah. for that. Like, totally, totally. And also, yeah, the same thing with the Epstein stuff with Bill Clinton. Like, yeah, people are like, well, you're precious, Bill Clinton. Yeah, I'm like, like, if he had sex, like, if yeah. he raped a child, like, yeah, put yeah, him in jail. Not a fan. Like, I'm right. not, I'm not, like, and I don't, I don't think anyone should be in jail, like barely. But it's like, but there it is. That's the one time. Yeah, he's like, an, he's a rich man who uh, potentially raped a child. Yeah, put him in jail. Yeah, that's fine. They, I saw an article that was like, yeah, the locals called that pedophile island, and I'm like, yeah, if that if you had a whole town, <laughs> yeah. 
and they called it that like yeah some shit was going it's on absolutely insane yeah. but i Ugh. guess the reason why some people are like oh you're not gonna do anything is because there are so many instances of famous people like doing shit like r kelly and stuff yeah. like where we're like oh we know about it but still gonna listen to ignition remix you know yeah, like yeah. we're still i mean i think some of that that tide is turning a little bit mm-hmm. more now but like God, we've—I mean, we've been joking about, uh, you know, uh, him peeing the whole, on people exactly, forever, forever. I know. And I think the problem with that though is I never really realized that that was a 15-year-old girl in that yeah. story. So I was She's just 14. like, 14, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, not that it really makes a difference. I know, but, but like, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I always just thought it was like, ah, he, you know, he likes to pee on women. That's, yeah, and it yeah. was more of a kink shame thing right, than right. Uh, like being okay with or mocking pedophilia. But then later years when I found out she was a child, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, no, I should not listen to his music anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like when abusers make good art, people have trouble like following up because if mm-hmm. it's like the thing with louis ck like all that stuff it's just like if this was a man at a gas station doing the same right. stuff you would have no problem yeah, be like put him in jail That's exactly but because you like like his special where he talks about how shitty his daughters are mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're mm-hmm. like not this one i love yeah. him and it's like yeah you're allowed to love the art that he makes but there should still be social and legislative you know legal ramifications for people right and maybe you shouldn't you know spend money that will benefit them absolutely but like yeah i like some people are like oh you know you can't do revisionist history that louis ck wasn't that good anyway and i'm like i mean there were some people saying that they're like i mean he wasn't even that good it's like that's the most annoying yeah i'm like he was one of the greatest i mean i still think a lot of his shit was hilarious some of the stuff that got me into comedy in the first place was some of his specials and like i can still acknowledge that totally that it was still good art but also i can acknowledge that he's uh, a shithead sex criminal absolutely <laughs> like, yeah i feel like those things aren't mutually exclusive and it's just like i feel like he was undeniably funny mm-hmm. it, but it just doesn't matter like right. it's like you can be funny and still be a terrible person mm-hmm. i i think that people feel bad because they assumed this layer of irony because they liked him so much because there's a lot of stuff in his stand-up like if you go back and watch he's like saying stuff yeah and he's making it a joke but he's kind of admitting to this stuff and i think that people were so on board with him and they had so much implicit trust in Mm -hmm. him because he was so funny that they were like well he's joking Mm -hmm. and it was like not about this part though (laughs) yeah yeah and i don't know it's uh it's one of those things that kind of makes you almost even wonder. It's like, what else was he not fully joking about? Like, well, you know? okay. When all those things came out, there's one, I don't know. There was one article that I read where he apologized for something that none of the people who went public accused him of doing. Oh, wow. Following someone into a so bathroom. He, so he basically outed himself. Yeah. Holy shit. And that let me that. know that there's just a shit ton of stuff. Cause also, I mean, my whole read on that whole thing. I mean, obviously believe everyone. Sure. Um, but all those women don't currently have comedy careers. Right. And I do think that's in large part because his manager actively oh, went yeah. against. I mean, that's yeah, documented. He was absolutely trying to yeah. silence these women and everything and so keep them down. They don't have a platform. But I feel like that that there's probably plenty of women who do have comedy careers who didn't want to risk mm-hmm. what these women risked and then their own. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel... Yeah, like Jen Kirkman deleted a whole thing where yeah. he like I, I'm asked, sure there will yeah, be yeah. other women that yeah that who we do know as yeah. you know like famous names and stuff yeah. that maybe down the road 
might say something. Or when they're know. like 60 and they're comfortable, right, we'll right. come out and be like, yeah, that fucking happened. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't feel comfortable to talk about right. it. Especially or like, oh, he already got taken down. So it's like, mm, you know, kind or of thing. It's like he got taken down, quote unquote. And then a yes. year later is like. Doing, brought back up right with Aziz Ansari too it's just like like how Louis performed at the cellar mm-hmm. and didn't address it at all and it's just like should he be like blindfolded and murdered no mm-hmm. but should he be using a the wealth that he made from all this shit mm-hmm. and his platform to educate people about like active consent right. and like all this fucking shit yeah I mean I feel like he's he he's had to have learned a lot from this experience of mm-hmm. like because maybe he let's say devil's advocate maybe yeah. he didn't know that th- that was inappropriate behavior i i mean i'm sure he did but let's he say knew, but he yeah. didn't yeah, yeah. and he learned that he's like oh shit i didn't realize you couldn't do this then it's like hey let's let's use this as a teaching moment kind of thing yeah like i'm more comfortable with that for aziz ansari yes because like, his like thing Louis, was a I lot think, more nuanced right Louis, i think fucking new i think it was a pattern i think I it mean, kept escalating who doesn't know you can't like just start jerking off in front of uh people in a locked room like where you're blocking the door door. yeah like a lot of people are gonna be like he asked but that's so shitty because everyone understands consent when it's not in a sexual context like i always use the example i mean there's an amazing illustrated cartoon about like tea it's like a British thing where they're like use tea as proxy for consent okay. where it's like if at 11 a.m. I ask you if you want a cup of tea and you say yes, that doesn't mean that you want one at 6 p.m. You have to uh, ask again or yeah. whatever or or just because you ask for a cup of tea and someone says yes, you have to ask like, you know what I mean? You can't right. just dump it in their lap. There's like all mm-hmm. these. It's a I'll, I'll find it and show it to you. It's amazing. But the one that I use that I feel like is more. I don't know, something that I see more is like, okay, if someone asks you to help them move, Mm -hmm. there's so much nuance. Like they can tell, like if you're like, okay, I would, you can tell that they don't want to, you know what I mean? So it's like, I just feel with all this shit, it's like coerced consent is Mm -hmm, a thing. mm -hmm. And like people just pretend like it's this fucking mystery. Like I asked and she said yes. And it's like, yeah, but like, What's going on? What are the power dynamics at play? Where the fuck are you? Right. Like, did you offer? I mean, because also the accounts that I've heard, it's like he asked and someone said something and then he just immediately, you know, like, yeah, yeah right. It's bad. And that's the thing. Yeah. People are like, you know, like, I don't know. What if he did that in like the hallway at the comedy cellar? Like people right. are like, well, that's yeah, that's fucked up. But it's like, but a hotel room like, it's right. like yeah, but he was blocking the door and locked it. Like, right. I mean, that's also when like, you're a comic, your job, there's a no HR. I know you know this, exactly. but like be like your job is bars. Like that's mm-hmm. what it is. So you're like, like these people, these women, it's like they weren't just like on vacation and they were hanging out with Lucy K. Like they're at a comedy yeah. festival. Like it's a conference. It's work. Like they're I mean, at work. If any, they if, put you up in the hotel that's where you're staying like and like and and if i don't know if i was uh like as somebody who you know does comedy and what you know it'd be great if i made actual money from doing it Mm -hmm. and if i got to be on the same show as louis ck or had or was at the same show and he was like hey you want to hang out like i mean obviously not now but like (laughs) but then i'd be like uh yeah i'm gonna go grab a drink with fucking louis ck so like when people are like well, why, well, why would they have gone and do? I'm like, because mm-hmm. dudes would have done it. So, like, you're so if you're saying that yeah. a woman should know better, then you're also saying then they're not. So allowed then she to... was going to be in a place of danger. Then, like, oh, that was a that was scary. Just, somebody liked a tweet. Oh. On my, on my laptop. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, so like that's kind of acknowledging then if you're saying like, well, a woman should know not to go in the room alone. And it's like then you're acknowledging that that guy could potentially harm her. Also, so, another like, piece of this is that women are definitely socialized like a lot of men. Like you don't know how people react and a lot of men react like violently f- mm. from rejection. And like even if um, he didn't react violently, like he could have like blackballed them or you know had some sort of negative backlash for their career so i feel like a lot of women are socialized to de-escalate situations Mm -hmm. and also just to minimize and like just be agreeable like be polite be fine like like appease this person until you can safely get out when you're like in a hotel room i don't know like yeah it's oh it sounded hi fred (laughs) anyway he's horrible and yeah Uh, it's yeah I hope he wears a black t-shirt in prison. <laughs> black is the new black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, wow. That, we really, that, how we, did we get? I, <laughs> I think from, oh, uh, parents not letting us watch certain TV shows. Classic. Got us into this. That's amazing. A simple joke. It's kind of like a Simpsons episode in that uh, it, the impetus for the whole ending plot is entirely separate from how the show started. So Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of uh, fortuitous. Was that the right word? Beautiful. I think so. Yeah. We'll say so. Foreshadowing. Yeah um so um i guess we'll talk about the episode um so the episode you chose was lisa's date with destiny yes uh from season eight i believe episode nine uh Uh, this is a great episode i loved it it's so good um you you basically picked it because you wanted a lisa-centric episode mostly yeah when you were like which one i couldn't really remember like whole solid episodes i just remembered like yeah, I remembered the Michael Jackson one that we couldn't mm-hmm. watch. Right, because they which pulled now, it. <laughs> because they pulled it. But now we should have watched it for this. I know, yeah. For the theme that we yeah, have going. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined men. Um, <laughs> men who abuse their power. Um, yeah, I loved that. And I did remember one where we went home with Nelson. Right. Oh, yeah. That's what and I was like. I'm probably. Well, I know we definitely see his room in the episode where Lisa dates him. Yeah. And, and then you said the thing about the automatic collar. Yes. Thing, and that triggered something in me memory wise i was like i remember this thing mm-hmm. and when we saw it do the wheels yes. i remembered that that was so funny. i love that that scene so funny. is so good first of all it's just very funny that professor frank like had a way to get it to like come back home <laughs> yeah. and seeing it extend the wheels and the legs off the table that that's a great visual joke and then when it's rolling out of the house unplugged so i guess it has batteries it's too doing something. i don't know solar power yeah it's rolling out and homer just runs up behind it and he's like oh no you don't <laughs> and like breaks the legs off of it yeah like it's, it's a bad so puppy funny. that's constantly like trying to escape or something <laughs> it's so good that was I, very funny oh um, yeah that's one of my fa- and i see this is another one of those shows that had uh like I, or another episode rather that had like these two things that are distinct to me as Simpsons mm-hmm. things and I totally forgot that they were the same episode like mm-hmm. I often forget like oh yeah the auto dialer episode is the same episode as when Lisa and Nelson are dating like I just never have uh I, I've just never really remember they I, don't, I don't really know. I have overlap doing that yeah like in the episode there wasn't like a cross thing where they come together except for when the police come to shoot the auto dialer, and then they're like, "What about those kids who like?" <laughs> yeah, through the coleslaw, yeah, the, on the bad coleslaw. Yeah, and they were like, "He's like the chief of police doesn't usually even come on these calls." <laughs> yeah. I loved that. I don't know. I love how, how the cops were just like, uh, like. 
Yeah, we were okay. We, to, we appreciate you, Chief. Like we, we appreciate you. We count our blessings every day. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So like cute. I like like because of how stupid and dumb Chief Wiggum is, and then like there are these moments where like he's is kind of he's like you know he is right. Like the police, the police right. chief usually he does not go here. out for like a regular co- of like yeah. kids pranking you know and stuff like that. Like that's not a chief of police thing. <laughs> Yeah, one of my favorite things about The Simpsons is how everyone has their own distinct personality that is, like, kind of a weird choice. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, the chief of police being kind of a doofus. Yeah. But he's, like... And it's, like, yeah, it's, like, a shittier Barney Fife kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love Mm -hmm. Moe. Watching the episode, I kept being, like, oh, yeah, like, this person. Because every person's little corner of Springfield is, like, so Mm well-developed to be, like, their own little world. Like, the bar. Yeah. Mo's bar, I just like all of a sudden like was remembering like Duff Man when he came and did the promotion oh, yeah, with yeah. the beer and like and like how they how it's like a running gag that Bart does the prank calls and he yells mm-hmm. them out. And, yeah. And then they which they do in the new episode that we watched as well. Bart yes, test call. yeah. calls. <laughs> test T calls. And what I like like also specifically in this episode, uh there was a great mix of all of these little side characters. Yeah. Like, I mean, groundskeeper Willie has some good parts. Love Skinner him. And, and Superintendent Chalmers have a pretty big part. Mr. Burns, it's not a big yeah, part, Mr. but Burns. we checked back in and I love uh, seeing Ned him. Ned Flanders has yes. like that, that recurring thing. <laughs> Millhouse. <laughs> Millhouse. Uh, Nelson, obviously. Yeah. And all the bullies really like yeah. have a lot more to say and do in this episode. Yeah. And, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of Bart, but no. and I mean, there's Homer, obviously, Marge but it kind of had, a yeah. Was I, she uh, in that one? I'm confusing. Yeah, episode. she was talking because um, she was giving Lisa advice in the car. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That what scene was, the, was so wait, funny. What was it that she said? She was like, she was like, you know, a lot of women think that would would swear you can never change a man. But those women are quitters. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. There's some great lines about like the dynamics between men and women in relationships. Like, yes, I wrote some stuff um, down. One of my favorite uh, parts is like when Milhouse uh, is talking to Lisa in the cafeteria oh after God. he finds out that Nelson she likes Nelson, <laughs> yes. and in his brain he's just like, uh, just do whatever she says. She's bound to respect you, and it's just <laughs> yeah. so. And there's a couple more lines there that are just so funny. Like, it's I like I really liked the way this episode kind of explores that like you know those relationship dynamics between people in a romantic relationship and through the lens of two you know like like eight-year-old children but like still like there are a lot of the things because being a cartoon they you know they're allowed to be timeless exactly and they add these like you know things in a way that like would be an adult uh it's like an aside for us yeah i know i wrote so many things down um I wrote Lisa is me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The whole thing about like uh, trying to change him and stuff like that was just so The line that she said to Milhouse where she's like, I bet underneath him he's a sweet and sensitive person like you. And then Milhouse is like, but I'm already me. Yeah. I am a hundred percent Milhouse or something. I'm all, I'm all Milhouse. That's what it was. She was like, yeah. And you're like a big sister in that way. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. Uh, It is so great. Oh man. and like, um, and I wrote down when she told um, Nelson that she has a crush on him, and he's like, "Well, do I have to do anything?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, fine, I'll be your boyfriend, but just like, what does that entail? Right. Do, do I just have to say that I am your boyfriend? Because yeah. that's great, I can do I that. No, oh. um, I like the. Um, 
I love the way Lisa gets her first kiss. They're on the on the cliff, yeah. and she's just talking incessantly, asking like what he's thinking, and he's like, What's "What are you? Feeling? What are you? Yeah, what and all this stuff." About what you're thinking? And so he just like kisses her, and she's like, in her mind, she's like, "My first kiss," and in his mind, he's like, "This ought to shut her up." <laughs> that was heartbreaking to yeah. me because I just feel like. So many times I'm overthinking or I'm like ascribing like the whole thing about how much she projected onto that. Yeah. Like he just is himself. He's mm-hmm. always Nelson. And you can put a little pullover cable knit sweater on him mm-hmm. and you know, he'll he's try still gonna go throw coleslaw he's... at the principal's house. <laughs> <laughs> and lie to you about it. Yeah. And yeah, and I just like that part was kind of it was interesting, like and I wrote this for the next one too, but they're really dark, the episodes. Yeah. Like the humor is like pretty dark and i, I feel I like, like that about some of the earlier episodes and that's like a very 90s thing because mm-hmm. also when we were talking about like beavis and butthead it was i was remembering like all real monsters ren and stimpy rocco's modern life and all of those it's like shockingly dark yeah yeah like yeah rocco yeah. would get like rocco was like de- abstract like, really existentialism. Like, yes and god even that episode where like uh rocco was like um he loses his job at, at the wherever and at uh, the mall or whatever. And he's like uh, trying all these new jobs and he's working at them for like a day yeah. and he gets a job and he's like uh, on the phone and he's like, Oh baby, Oh baby, Oh baby. And it's like, you know, one nine hundred. Mm. Like he's a phone sex operator oh, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. children's cartoon. Like, right. it's just, but like they don't say it. And all he's saying is, it's, oh, not baby, sexy, oh, baby. it's like perfunctory right. and like a job and he's yeah. at the mall. It's so, it's so weird that like, I don't know. I'm just, it's surprising that they got away with that, you know? Yeah. Different times. Yeah. It's coming to Netflix. They're bringing it back. Yeah. <gasps> I don't think new episodes, but they'll be bringing but the original. old ones back. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember like a scene where him and what was the heifer, his friends? Heifer. That was his, that name. Was his name? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Patrick, but I know that's because of SpongeBob. Uh, he is a similar character. I never yeah. really thought about that. Yeah. Like a little galoof, mm-hmm. but a big galoof. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Scary. Let me, let me close my Twitter app. Cause that is getting some likes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or angry at replies. Oh God. (laughs) Probably Um, just likes. But uh, no, there's one where um, they like, I remember them all too, really vividly, like all the storefronts and stuff, Mm -hmm. but there's something where they go on a trip and they get lost and the way that it is animated. Oh, I do remember that. Is horrifying. Yeah. And I just like I can't remember the were they details at a supermarket the or something. I just remember like there was the supermarket episode where they were trying to find a parking place. Yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah. And there's just it's like everything is sped by, and 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 you can see the individual drawings like going by fast, fast, fast. And then they just sort of everything just sort of fades into black nothingness, mm-hmm. and they are floating freeform like yes, in space. That's right. And I, it's such an amazing like depiction of the feeling of being like lost and unanchored because yeah you're just oh my god I, mm-hmm. i'm very scared of being lost my mom left me my parents have left me multiple places my high school graduation they left me there <laughs> isn't that crazy and i have a twin crazy. brother like they took him <laughs> <laughs> and one time my dad we went to the gym my dad and i worked out together and he forgot i came and he left me it was before oh, wow. cell phones, so I just had to like wait and for him to remember and come back. Isn't that awful? Holy shit. I my mom would forget like she there was one time she left me uh in preschool way 
past the time that she was supposed to pick me up because she was helping my grandmother out with yeah. like her garage sale and just <laughs> completely lost track of time. Mm. And uh, she, the church bells started going off at the church nearby at six o'clock. And oh that's when God. she, yeah, or five o'clock, something like Doesn't that. Does the get out at like four? Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, I was there God. for a long time. Oh. And th- again, this was before cell phones and right. they didn't have my grandmother's number. phone number for yeah. some reason, I guess. So she went over there and eventually, but that is the first time I ever played with Lego. So that's what got me into it. Actually. So a mixed so bag. Was, yeah, yeah, you know, it was a little positive, a little negative, but you know. Yeah. And working at Lise with Mary Devin, it's like kids now, it's like if their parents are like 20 minutes late, they are freaking mm-hmm. out, but they all have cell phones. Right. So they just text them and then it's like a stress thing, but someone does come. Yeah. But yeah, the little kids, they kind of get freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scared of being lost. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't think I was afraid. I think it was just kind of like, all right, well, this Plain. is what's happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I, my brother is the opposite of me. Like when we would fly on trips, he would always, if we got seats not together, he would mm. always want the one that was like with strangers. Oh, wow. And in the supermarket, I would get mad at my mom if she like turned the cart down the aisle <sighs> without waiting for me to come with her. Like if I couldn't see her. Yeah. I got really uh, scared. I, I completely get that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why New York is not a good fit for me. I'm realizing <laughs> it's too big. Yeah. God. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's necessarily an abandonment thing with me. I think it's just the, um, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what it would be because like, I do have my social anxiety where like being in large groups, like really terrifies me, but also not knowing anyone mm. in a group also really gets me. So like, I yeah. want there to be like, like a lot of times, like Meredith would be like, "Oh, you can go to that thing without me. I yeah. have, you know, I'm doing this or whatever." Yeah. And I'm like, ah, "No, because I'm not going to know anyone, and then right. be by myself. And then it's almost like having no one there is just so like, I don't know. Yeah, no, me too. It's a weird thing. It depends what the activity is. Like, there's certain things I love to do by myself, like go to the movies mm-hmm. and like go to museums and go to the park, like stuff like that. But if it's like an event, like a party yeah. or something where it's like a social thing or whatever, like there's not a passive activity for you to just consume, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. that's not good for me. I agree. Yeah. I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah. I also like generally run out of like things to talk about, like mm-hmm. unless it's somebody like uh, like this where we have mm-hmm. like an actual topic and we're going to flow in and out of conversation yeah, yeah. naturally. Also, I know you very well. Yeah. Uh, this is also structured. Right. So it's like, yes. Yeah. I, it's this work. But like in a bar situation, like there'll be. I don't know. Somebody will ask me like, oh, how's work going? And I'm like, I like it. <laughs> it is work. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, That's it. And then I will, will like some little tidbit. And then it's just that same tidbit that I tell everyone who asks me about work yeah. now. And now I just keep telling that same story over and over. And like, and it was like three weeks ago and like, it's not even that great, but it was just like, that's the first thing I could think of to and tell a person. you don't even person. care about yeah, it Yeah, no, it's, I just never know how to like, unless it like if somebody pointedly asked me a question like that i'm always just like i i don't know also <laughs> i was just here i wasn't like planning yeah. on having this whereas like if we're sitting around the table outside the bar out after a show and like somebody starts talking about something i'll be like oh i got something to say about that. yeah like, like oh, i this do thing. that so much better i feel like i don't run out of things to say because i just keep asking people questions mm. i my thing with meeting new people is that i secretly believe every person has like something really weird and dark about them and Mm -hmm. i want to know what it is so i just like ask some questions until we get there (laughs) (laughs) like if i'm like oh it's your job and it's boring i'm like okay like 
are you close with your family? Like we get there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you <know? laughs> What's your biggest fear? I say that constantly. Oh wow. <laughs> what, uh, yeah. If I had to think, what is my biggest fear? What is it? Um. Hmm. I don't know. Mine's rape right now, but it's sure. open. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> it feels like maybe it's changing. I don't know. It's I mean, been not that like for a while. right right now, right? Like, cause no. <laughs> <laughs> this is being recorded. No, like, I feel safe with you. Yeah, no, I love you. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Uh, heights are a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I mean, I mean, I know that's like a fear, fear, but like as far as like an ex- existential fear about yeah. life, and I don't know. Um, I don't even want to say failure or success because, mm. like, I don't really care to, like, I don't care if I ever, like, succeed, succeed by, the, like, the measures that, like, yeah. society considers success, like, you know, money and fame and all mm-hmm. that. Like, I for me, success is, did I have to worry about paying the bills this month? Me too, yeah. And was I able to do some fun stuff I wanted to do without having to go, mm, let me check my bank account. Like, if yeah. I could just, like, have a, like, go... Comfort. have like dinner with yeah. Mary Devin and like not have to like at a restaurant and not have to be like oh we're gonna be a little tight on the bills this mm-hmm. month like that's success to me that's mm-hmm. all I need it's a very simple thing and like look if I have more money wonderful because then I can like donate it and do other good yeah. things with it but like as far as just being comfortable and feeling successful that's all I need I feel the same because I feel like a lot of people who don't do stand-up are like what do you want like what's what yeah. do you what's your what are you trying to do and it's just like to me comedic success would be if I can financially support myself only doing comedy. only doing comedy yeah, I and agree. I don't care it could be writing it could mm-hmm. be performing it could be some weird form that hasn't even been invented right. yet it could be I don't even know voiceover work but like if yeah that's yeah, it. yeah. I agree with that and yeah I'm like uh, like we were kind of talking with Joe the other day about how you know like to me now I've kind of reached outside the idea of like all right I have to do comedy so I can like get a netflix special mm-hmm. and be successful you know i'm like I'm like eh, you know if i can if as long as i can still do comedy with like whatever else i'm doing in my life i'm like that's fine for me because yeah. like i enjoy performing i enjoy writing uh and whatever that brings me be it you know a job actually writing on a tv show or mm-hmm. something like that wonderful if i'm still just writing you know web pages and apps and stuff and i'm paying the bills that way but doing comedy at night i'm fine with that too. that's also you good yeah. yeah you're farther along i feel like in doing that you're farther along than a lot of people because a lot of people don't pursue stuff i mean maybe it's a generational thing but i feel like yeah. my parents generation a lot of people just you know got a job and like settled mm-hmm. down and started a family because they thought that the stability is what the most important thing was and i feel like maybe a lot of our generation is like okay but also like there's more to this than just you know having the same job for 50 years and then right having kids and dying yeah and i it probably is a generational thing because i mean look at how you know jobs are for people in our generation yeah like i mean yeah somebody the idea of working like i i've worked at a job for six years before mm-hmm. and before that I worked at a job for five years which is like crazy to me now because yeah. like the last three jobs I've had have been well it was like let's see six months mm-hmm. uh and then uh about two and a half years was yeah. the next one and then now you know it, this is just a temporary summer thing so like yeah it's you know I it's like this is how it goes now like I don't know the odds the idea of having a 10 year tenure at a job yeah. is just 
so foreign to anyone under 35. I agree. Because they're not hiring that way either. Mm. Like, Yeah, it's like, can you do this now? Great. Right. And then, oh, uh, well, we're expanding too fast, so we got to fire a bunch of people now. Now you got to go find another job. And it's not like and... they hire you with like salary and benefits and mm-hmm. then after you've been there you know this much time they like promote you and give you a raise like it just doesn't happen like that right, i feel right. like they don't usually promote from within or there isn't like i don't know i yeah. hate jobs they're bad yeah. i want to be a tour guide i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great yeah i think that would be good for me yeah i have to learn stuff mm, they don't let yeah. you do it if you don't know <laughs> you facts. can't just make shit up <laughs> i wanted to... i mean if you've seen any of the tour guides in new orleans most of them are making shit up but that's anyway. like ghost tourists so yeah, it's like true. the whole thing is yeah. made up <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> this is like i want to be a tour guide in new york and i uh, ariel uh jackie do you yeah. know him? uh he owns a tour guide business and i want to work there and i would like shadowed him on a tour mm-hmm. and i literally said what bridge is this <laughs> When we were like crossing and then later I was like, I shouldn't have asked him that. Like he shouldn't know that I don't know what bridge I'm currently on. And it was the Brooklyn Bridge, like one of the most famous ones. It was, we were looking at the Brooklyn Bridge and I was like, if that's the Brooklyn Bridge, which one is is this? this? Yeah. Yeah. It was like another famous one. To be fair, I probably wouldn't have known. And you've only been there for two years, barely. Mm -hmm. Not even. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I think that's, yeah, you know. And I could tell you what bars have draft beer is less than five dollars <laughs> honestly that's, that's the, the tour i want to take yeah <laughs> i should just make my own tour that's you like just... hi are you poor yeah <laughs> do you get sad sometimes a poor guide a poor guide yeah. i love that po boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man um let's see is there anything from this first episode that uh, um, any other let me look things? through my notes i kept writing so down i really like yeah this one like unhelpful. i remember this one being a very funny episode like i remember that and then watching i was like man there's just like so much interesting stuff in it like little uh, things yeah that just like talking like like i said the the way relationships are and mm-hmm. how they work and so like oh and like one of the things they uh kind of show is like that struggle of balancing your friendships when you're in a relationship and like yeah. how you know like nelson's other bully friends want him to like go throw stuff at yeah. skinner's house and he's like yeah and he's like and then he looks at lisa and he's like nah i, I shouldn't do that like yeah. you know and like you know on the one hand it's good that he wasn't going to go vandalize a house so yeah. it's good that lisa was a good influence on that way but also it wasn't he healthy they want to go hang out with his yeah. friends so like he could have been like well maybe we could what if you guys want to do something else yeah. like and we can also, hang it was out super oppositional like it mm-hmm. wasn't like they were like come do this and he's like no i'm good it was like you're a what they call him like a dumb butt or something uh, ass cracker uh, oh my god why can't I, a crumb bum no, Lisa calls oh, them that, and um, they he oh he calls the her guy, ass butt, ass butt, yeah. ass butt. He's like, you're such an ass butt, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just became this like fight, and it was not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's you know, that's always Fred is climbing into <laughs> the labyrinth that yeah. is <laughs> this room, this office slash studio slash storage room. Um, yeah, and like, and always that is a really tough thing. I mean, Mary Dev and I are very lucky that the majority of our friends are also comedians, mm-hmm. and since we met each other doing comedy, right, we have so much overlap in our friends. And then they're also because we both are pursuing the same thing outside of our day jobs. Like, yeah. there is no like, 
well, you're going to hang out at open mics and instead of hanging out right. with me, we're like, yeah, no, I was going to go to that mic too. So this we're is doing great. It. It's super convenient. Also, I feel like it's good since y'all are both from here, you both have intricate networks like outside right, of exactly. that. Yeah. Because then it's not just like. And both of our families are here. Exactly. So like we can see each other's family. It's not like, well, Christmas will go over here and right. then Thanksgiving, we got to go out of town to here. Right, kind of right. Thing. Yeah. It's like you have good overlap when you want it, but you mm-hmm. also have like separate stuff that's oh my god Fred. Fred, what is he he's got styrofoam styrofoam stuff which claw. is bad for the earth <laughs> yes and him probably. and him probably <laughs> um okay come on Fred. i wrote down like a couple things that were like detail things that i wanted okay one i don't remember if you i don't know if you remember this but the first scene in that episode when um the superintendent also the fact that this the way that that starts is that someone stole the H off yes. his car and he's <laughs> like, Honda. How will people know it's a Honda? He was like, That's so how great. people know it's a Honda. I mean that's yeah. God, and that's the whole snowball. Yeah, of that's the how whole we get to episode. Yeah. Because Nelson hides it in the hidden panel in his locker mm-hmm. and then Lisa's like, Why are you always showing up for everyone? Yeah. And then it was for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it never was for her. No. She just she, attached to it. Yeah, made it. Made it Which about. That's another interesting kind of topic of like, yeah. you know, when you have like uh, a crush on somebody and then mm-hmm. you get these blinders and it's like everything they do, you're like, it's Becomes about endearing. me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's literally. Oh my God. <laughs> Fred is now chewing a cardboard box. Yeah. Um, no, okay, well, in the first scene, there was, they drew, when you came in, there was a crack in the wall. Did you see that behind him? No. When we go into, and uh, Principal Skinner is, like, eating his lunch, and mm-hmm. then the superintendent yells at him. Okay, well, there's, like, cracks in mm-hmm. the wall, and I just was thinking about how much detail, like, it's so easy to draw the corner of a wall, it's just a line, and mm-hmm. then a line, and then a line, and I really appreciated that they made, like, this detail of, like, a crack, because mm. especially, like, the earlier episodes, the earlier animation is, like, so much simpler than the later, yeah. like, we watched season mm-hmm. 29, season 8, and there yeah. was a marked difference, right. like, between, and I just really appreciated that. Okay, also, this is, like, a very little scene, and also Apu is absolutely racist, and a lot sure, of yeah. Indian comics and actors have come out, and they made a documentary about mm-hmm. um, the negative effects of that character, but um, the You've scene- you yet to have a real good, productive conversation about that on this podcast. I always end oh, up really? cutting it because it's always just, like, no one is like, yeah, Apu's not racist, but it, uh, it never, we're like- just usually just like two white dudes trying to talk about it and we're like like, yeah we it's bad and (laughs) they should do something about it but i don't understand that i can't really talk to the nuance of it because we are two straight white dudes and are fine (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like it's a double-edged sword because i feel like there's two as a white woman (laughs) i'll speak to it as a white woman (laughs) you at least fall into one minority category intersectionality i have some oppression um Oh my god! <laughs> That's what Fred thinks about intersectionality. The ornaments. This is honestly hilarious. Um, I wish you had a, like a live stream of I like know. what he's doing. Um, no, I mean I think that the, on the one hand, any representation of um, like a minority community in like mainstream is like mm-hmm. amazing and good. Yeah. But when that. Um, I mean, first of all, it was voiced by Hank Azaria, who's not Indian. Right. So it wasn't real representation. Yeah. It was representation of kind of a stereotype. I mean, not kind of, like a stereotype. Um, also, the fact that the voice, I mean, you know, all the stuff that he yeah. owns, the convenience store that he is, the voice, it's all kind of a shallow um, regurgitation of what people's ideas of mm-hmm. Indian people were at this time. 
Um, so while it's good that there was an Indian character, it A, wasn't voiced by a real person of color, so right. that's, like, not great. And then B, like, I mean, you would know this more than me. Like, were there any plot lines that were about Apu that, like, we where we go into his life and we, like, learn stuff so about him? So there is, and this is the argument that people who are, like, they should not get rid of Apu, the argument of that is, is that... When they do go in the back, uh, he's actually got like a computer science degree, like a master's, mm-hmm. I think, in computer mm-hmm. science. So like he's very smart. And throughout the show, he is typically the voice of reason and the smart guy. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. never really make him look stupid. Right. It's usually him like pointing out how Being stupid the all these. Being straight man to Homer's all these, like Yeah, absurdity. and all the yokels in town yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the arguments is that like, well, he's all and. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's also one of the more caring and passionate, uh, mm-hmm. people. Um, and he's a great father to his, I think, eight children. Uh, okay. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we hear it. We yeah. hear it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's like, there's a lot of really, uh, interesting things when you go back into his uh his backstory mm-hmm. and like people are like oh but he's also you know a self-employed business owner and all this kind of stuff and it's mm-hmm. like it's true yeah however <laughs> yeah it's still kind I of think a it's really the show, voice like a is the big that's the big thing like mm-hmm. if it was someone of indian descent even even like indian american something like you know even if they weren't first generation in, in yeah. the u.s if they were doing the voice i think there would be a lot less like outraged by it and i could be wrong i haven't seen the documentary yeah uh, i haven't yet. either and i want to watch yeah. it yeah uh, because i mean obviously i want to watch everything simpsons related but yeah. also like i am very curious about this uh <laughs> fred is getting into a box <laughs> oh, i'm very curious about this because yeah. you know it's a very interesting thing because apu is a you know uh, a staple character mm-hmm. in the zeitgeist of america and it's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, so something that I recently had a boss who is Indian and she did, um, come here. So she has an accent and mm-hmm. she goes on, the, she's an actress and she goes on these casting calls. She has an accent. She's from India. Mm-hmm. She has an Indian accent and they'll tell her like, yeah, can you sound more ethnic? Can you do the voice more or whatever? And oh, man. that's what I feel like. It's like, no, you, becomes, you realize people don't really talk like that. Right. Like, when you have a white person doing this characterization of a stereotype of this voice and then you have truly Indian people who are like yeah. immigrants, like, and then they're getting told that they're not ethnic enough. I mean, it's the same thing with black people who black people audition for roles and they're like, yeah, can you be more ghetto though? Yeah. And it's just like. There probably was never, I mean, and some black people probably talk like that, but sure. most of it is an exaggeration based on a stereotype perpetuated by mm-hmm. white people. Mm-hmm. And then you just have this like weird, like snake eating its own tail of like culture right. where it's just like, that's what people think because they don't have mm-hmm. any exposure to the actual culture. And then people that are actually in that culture, are like, no, what? Yeah. Like, it's like, um, uh, the movie Short Circuit, the robot movie. From the, the 80s movie? it's a movie from the 80s with this autonomous robot uh named johnny five he becomes alive he gets it's basically like a frankenstein thing he gets like electrocuted i think and then like Love he's that. autonomous it's it's <laughs> it's a great great romp uh <laughs> steve gutenberg's in it um but here's the thing is fisher stevens is in it and he is a white man mm-hmm. and he plays oh no an indian man oh no and so he's in brown face oh, and doing the voice. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, and honestly, for years, I did not know Even that realize. he was an Indian. Right, and right, because, right. I mean, because it's not like brown, brown, but like it's, you know, 
it's clearly mm-hmm. looking back i'm like oh my god and yeah. as a kid and that's the thing a whole your whole like snake eating the tail thing you were saying i was yeah. like oh because he was doing the only voice the only accent the that you had ever heard, ever heard so i just right, assumed he right. was actually indian and like yeah which is so fucked up also like they could have gotten an actual Indian person. There's to so play many that Indian character. people. But also the whole reason they did it because it was like, oh, computer scientist, doctor, like yeah. you know, they're going and they're still playing into a stereotype there. I mean, that's was... another thing. Like, if you're an Arab American actor and all the roles you get are a terrorist, right? It's like, yeah, there's. there's... It's like, well, at least you're actually Middle Eastern and Arab. <laughs> like, at least they got a real person it's not a white person in brown face or anything but it's like yeah that's yeah i think when the thing about representation it's like there has to be nuance in the portrayal otherwise it just becomes you know a regurgitation of the same stereotypes that right yeah yeah it's like how you know german people are always bad you know it's Those, those poor white people constantly portrayed as the bad guy. I'm I'm all for having white villains. Like yeah. 2019 white villains. The new what was it? The new Spider Verse. Um, Into the Spider Verse. The Doc Ock was a white woman, and I loved that. Mm. There's been this wave of like, oh wow, white women. Ter- white women uh, as villains. villains is not very common. That's we need that more. Yeah. We need our time in the sun. We need yeah. to be exposed. Um, because white women are insidious. And like responsible for a lot too. (laughs) Yeah, all those KKK pictures of like the women. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Wow, we're really. (laughs) I know we are covering the game. We are covering it. When I was like, I like this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't there a Simpsons episode that has the poster or something? It was. um, It was a yeah. They were going to. They were trying to figure out where they were going to go on vacation, and New York uh, came up. And Bart has this like travel guide for New York, I think, and it. it says it's got the number nine on it because of the price. Oh, yeah, it was nine dollars. Oh. And immediately behind the nine is the Twin Towers making Whoa. the 11. So it looks like 9-11, yeah. which is, I mean, obviously a a coincidence. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I have to say that so the CIA don't get me. But uh <laughs> But, a planned coincidence. <laughs> yes. But it is, yeah, it is a very interesting thing. Like, it's like, wow, that's so, I mean, it's not that crazy because the Twin Towers were so iconic. Like, of course, that was going to be on the cover. Yeah. And yes, two straight vertical lines are going to look like the number 11. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not that far, but it is one of those things like, haha, look at that. Yeah. There's been a bunch of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I recently was on um, Dark Tank. Do you know that podcast? No. It's Yodoye Travis. He's from Atlanta, but it's like white people come on and there's a black panelists mm-hmm. and you you propose an idea that you think would help end racism. Oh, dark tank, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um what a piece of mine I saw they did it. Oh wow. And I sent it to him being like, Isn't this crazy? And he was like, You're like the third. This is like happening. He's like, It's the new Simpsons. Yeah, that's which awesome. is cool. Yeah. That's uh, that's my 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 thing, because that's my theory with comedy of like is it offensive i'm like Mm -hmm. well if it's offensive to people then it's offensive Mm -hmm. like you know like you can't say like no it's not offensive and then somebody's like well i'm offended by it so it's offensive to me i mean obviously you know if one person's just like this offends me like Mm. probably not but like i know i feel like if there are people saying that there is something wrong with what you are saying in your comedy then there's then they're probably then by definition it's offensive because people are offended by it so by definition Mm. it's offensive 
Um, whether or not that makes it right or wrong, yeah. that's a whole different thing. So, but I think that's the same thing with like racist like stuff. Like, if somebody, especially somebody from uh, from the group that is being you know depicted or connected to or whatever, if they're like, "This is racist," don't do it. You can't say, "No, it's not." Mm. I don't think it is. It's mm-hmm. like, no, they're saying it is, so it is. <laughs> like, so that's interesting. I feel strongly about those things that you said that and I think there is a slight difference which is one I think offended and offensive is something that's so Mm, subjective okay like there doesn't exist one thing in the world that is offensive to everyone because Mm -hmm. a lot of what people are offended by is in direct relation to like how much emotional distance they have or what their personal experience exactly so I think that people are allowed to be you know like I could have a joke um you know where i talk about alcoholism that Mm -hmm. to me is like completely innocuous because i don't have any family members or whatever but someone who has like a whole history and it's a thing Mm. they could be they could feel like i'm being callous or whatever but since racism is systemic oppression and there's like a a very clear you you know it's like a system that's happening so i feel like for a member of you know, a disenfranchised or oppressed group to be like, hey, this is racist. Mm -hmm. The person who's outside of that group never gets to be, I think a lot of white people kind of mistake like intention for impact where they're like, I didn't mean it to be that. So it can't be that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's kind of, I think what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Just because you didn't mean to be like, but it did affect people. That doesn't change. And I think once you take into account like how our whole society is Mm -hmm. white supremacist and like that's what we're all raised in. Yeah. um, That it's like to be not racist or to to work towards being not racist, you have to be anti-racist. It's like a lot of undoing. Mm -hmm. So it's like unless you're actively doing work to dismantle those systems and beliefs within you mm-hmm. there it's enforced at every turn so like even if you don't mean to be that's what your natural inclination is probably going yeah. to be you know so um a i think it's probably racist whatever but especially if a mm-hmm. member of that group is having that reaction it's like yeah like right. it definitely is yeah it, it is an interesting thing about like what's okay to joke about what not i mean i am a very you know non uh uh what's the word i'm looking for not non-threatening uh non-controversial mm, uh yeah. comic because like it's all purely personal experience and i'm not yeah. like you know what about like <laughs> this like yeah. i'm like no i'm like hey <laughs> this happened to me specifically yeah. the other day this is spe- <laughs> but that has still happened to me because like mm. i've made jokes about uh suicide on say and spe- specifically talking about your experience. my experience with yeah. it and not like and like me personally like attempting and things like that yeah. and like i on stage at a mic one night a woman in the front row she was she would just like started talking and i could tell she was angry and i was like are you bothered by and she's like and it wasn't like hey i'm being triggered by this whole thing and it's making me think about a thing she was just like you can't joke about suicide and i was like i'm joking about my suicide like this is about my personal experience and like i'm finding humor in one of the darkest moments of my entire Absolutely. life like i feel and like using this it is to a process and yeah. like a coping mechanism and also like you know helping other like maybe somebody else would be like oh <laughs> i see the humor in that and like i don't know because i've had that and like happen. have it diffuse their own exactly like oh fred you're making He's it so hard for us to have like a real conversation <laughs> about actual shit it's like it also like um my joke about like my divorce like yeah. you know which is not like uh this is how i healed like it's just a 
joke about being divorced, but yeah. there was uh, when it was on Flophouse, there was a guy who like Facebook messaged me and was like, "Hey, I saw your joke. I found you on Facebook because I saw your joke about divorce." And he was like, "I am also I'm going through a divorce right now, and seeing that joke uh, and you being able to laugh about it like made me realize that this is not such oh, a terrible." Wow thing and that i'm gonna be able to move on and i'll be happy and he's like so thank you so much and i was like oh my god Jeffrey, so it's like amazing. that was like honestly if Huge. i never get booked on a show ever again that it's honestly worth. was one of the best moments of my life I and love that. because of that like i feel like it is important to talk about stuff totally. that is you know personal to you and maybe difficult to talk about because you never know who might be listening and might actually take it you know to heart and might be just what they need to hear right then yeah um I that like said, the... like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I understand if some, if the woman was like, I just, I can't, I can't listen to suicide talk because like, I, you know, like I've right. tried it or I've had family members or something like that mm-hmm. kill themselves. And like, so I can understand that thing, but of just that blanket statement of you can't joke about suicide. I was just like, but I'm, I'm not joking about right. suicide. I'm talking about mine. Mm-hmm. Like. My rule or my thought about it is basically like anyone is allowed to say whatever they want on stage. But I think once you bring something up, you then have to take full responsibility for whatever you Mm -hmm. whatever the reaction to that is. Yeah, that the idea that there are consequences to things that you say. Yeah. And like I I mean, okay, so my first when I first 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 started doing stand up. All I could do was talk about how scared I was of being raped. Mm -hmm. And I did five minutes on that every time. Every mic I went to in New Orleans, I mean, three minutes. But, like, that's what I would talk about. And I'm sure there were people who just hearing that word is not good for them. Right, You know? Um, But for me... I was so scared because, you know, stand up. I had just moved to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Whenever anyone comes here, people are like, it's so dangerous. Right. It's so dangerous. Be careful. You know, so I was like here by myself. I was 23. I was going to bars. I didn't know people that well. So I was going to bars like alone at night, mm-hmm. mostly men. Everyone is drinking. Right. So I was like genuinely terrified. And w- when I could talk about it and like say these jokes from my perspective about how scared I was and have like a lot of men, like the majority of people like laugh with me. Mm-hmm. It it felt really cathartic like okay like and then yeah. i felt like okay people know this so this isn't the thing that's scary to me that's like right it's only i know in some sort of way well no then it's just like on the table yeah then then i feel like people talk to me differently because men i feel like if someone would come up and be like oh i liked your thing i feel like they were like gentle <laughs> you know because they're like <laughs> yeah. this one's scared right. like you know like um and then honestly after doing it for like I, that's all i talked about for probably three months maybe and then after doing that every night for like three months i did not feel as scared anymore yeah and then i just didn't and then i i was getting a point to a point where i stand up where i was like i want to come back to this when i'm a better writer Mm because i don't think i'm as good of a writer where i can like do the justice to this and i do think that might have been part of my problem of like my suicide joke yeah like i don't think i was quite at the level where like i you know like it got last but maybe i wasn't telling in a way and so it did maybe seem like i was making fun of suicide mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not my specific experience yeah yeah i mean zach reinhardt i don't know if you know him but mm-hmm. he's colorado but i saw online i saw it happen either he wrote a, a re um 
like a transcription of what happened or it did happen online. I can't remember, but I remember seeing it unfold where his dad killed himself and he has a joke about it. And he told the joke and some woman was like, you can't joke about that. And he was like, my dad killed himself. Yeah, it's my dad. Like this is, I mean, he didn't say that, but he had a joke about suicide. And this woman was like, you can't say that. And then he was like, my dad killed himself. And then she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He's like, yeah. Like, yeah. never tell people what they're allowed to talk right. about. You don't like, know people's experience. Right. And she hadn't. No, no one. She didn't have any connection. She so just she was, was like, just saying, you right. can't do this. Right. She was just like, this is bad. See, yeah. And that's the thing. I That's yeah. where I'm like, no, no, no. Like, let people. And also, especially at, like, open mics. Like, let people fuck up. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. give them the chance. Like, I mean, there's definitely times where. I'm glad I didn't like pull somebody off the stage early at my mic because I yeah. like they'll start talking about something. And I'm just like, oh, they shouldn't talk about like I know. this is a subject. I feel that's like that a about the N word though. I feel yeah. like you're a white person. Get the N word out of your mouth. Like there's not a reason. There's no. no there's reason. never. Yeah. And I feel like you see people doing these like mental gymnastics where it's like, how can I contrive of a situation mm-hmm. where I can say the N word and yeah. it's just like never good no. and it's bad. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think somebody does have a joke about it, but like, I'm sure they uh, do. but about how, uh, <laughs> but it was specifically about how, like, if you're calling it the N word. Oh, like, it's Louis C.K. He's yeah. like, you're just making me say it yeah. in my well, head. Well, I was more thinking of like, maybe you shouldn't say it. Cause it's like, we, we can't even talk about the word like without, you know, like oh, we can't yeah, use yeah, the yeah. word to talk about it. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's clearly just don't say it. Just don't <laughs> like, say it. Yeah. yeah. If you're a white person. It's if the you're... Zulu of words. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. just let. Yeah. If you're if a black you're person, white. you decide if you want to yeah. say it or not. That's up to you. But as a white person, sorry. Even if you're like, oh God, I hate the thing of like, because I see it a lot at like open yeah. mics. Like guys what? are like, well, I grew up in a black neighborhood no. and all my friends were black. No. I went to black school and I listened to hip hop. I'm like, that no. doesn't, that doesn't give make you, you the okay. Yeah. You don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Also, there's just one thing that isn't for you. Like right. if you're white, the whole world is for you. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, it's entitlement. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's like, I'm fine having one word I'm not allowed to say, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I mean, there are more, but no, we specific. can say every racial slur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is my line and I stick to it. <laughs> All of them except the young one. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the second I episode? Say, I guess we should talk about it the second episode. Um, <laughs> uh, which um do people compare them because i was shocked at yeah, like we can, yeah there's definitely a comparison um and you know in however way you want to see to compare it uh the second episode that we talked about is uh called gone boy uh which is a play on the movie gong and the book right yeah yeah uh, gone i read Girl. the book um the movie was pretty good uh, i liked the movie better yeah um isn't that the name of your movie review blog my movie review blog is called i heard the book was better ah the reverse of that and you should look it up because it's great it, it is great i thank you i oftentimes forget uh to go back and read it because you usually see movies way sooner than i do oh. and so i will like be like oh Not i can't watch because i don't want to get a spoiler ah. so like sometimes i'll remember to go back yeah. but then i forget sometimes but. i also haven't done an entry in a while i should do one mm-hmm. i should yeah i want to do one i want to like i mean you're kind to- of like doing like two Two uh, audio uh, versions of it right now. I am. <laughs> wow. Um, so Gone Boy, um, yeah. season twenty nine, episode nine. So a, a very recent episode. It was a you know. So basically, the 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 gist of the plot is that uh, the Simpson family is on vacation, 
as they're driving by, uh, they, there's some prisoners. They're cleaning up trash on the highway. Uh, one of those prisoners is Sideshow Bob. Love and, it. Uh, which, very excited. I love Sideshow Bob episodes. Me too. Those are so good. He's weird. Uh, one, Kelsey Grammer, fantastic. Uh, but secondly, like that character is so great because he so, tries to be so evil and sucks at it so badly. And I think that's my favorite thing about him. Um, but then, so eventually, Homer goes to return the rental car. Uh, the guy says, "Ah, oh, you, you, you know, you you rented the car with half a tank of gas. You brought it back with three quarters of a tank of gas." So Homer's like, "Well, I'm not giving away free gas to him." So he goes on a little uh, joy ride to burn the gas up. Uh, in doing so, uh, he damages the car, right? Isn't that yeah? It? Yeah, damages the car, and Bart. Uh, oh, Bart. Yeah, no, no, no. Bart has to go to the bathroom. That's what it is. Bart has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely does damage the yes, car. Yes, he does do that, yes. <laughs> they put the football through the back right. wheel. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Bart goes into the woods to go pee. Uh, he finds this hatch on the ground that says, do not jump on. So, of course, he jumps on it, falls down into it. It's a military uh, missile silo. Um, it's a bomb there's shelter. A, yeah, giant mil missile inside of there. Um, for uh, who knows what purpose. I think it was to call the like population or something because they were like an acceptable like 200 million deaths or something like yes. that. I forget what it was. Um, so that happens. And then eventually um, uh, 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 Sideshow Bob co coerces Milhouse into telling him where Bart is because Milhouse finds him, blah, blah, blah. Straps him to the missile. Then turns out uh, he decides against it because because uh, uh, um, Sideshow Bob has been in therapy. Uh, therapy. <laughs> So then he thinks about it and he does not kill uh, the children. Uh, that's the general gist of the plot. Um, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It was much more. What struck me so much besides like the style stylist. Oh, my God. Stylistic differences in animation. We solved like racism. You can take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Um, I do wish I had one more beer. <laughs> um, I should have packed two beers for racism. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can pause real quick and grab another beer. Okay, I want another yeah. beer. All right. So oh, wow. uh, getting more beer was a good decision. Beer. Yeah, my mouth was also getting dry. Even though I have this bottle of water, but like who wants that? It's not the same. Um, okay. So yeah, this new episode. So yeah, it's it was actually pretty fun. I had a lot of good uh, jokes in it. Um, some really good references. I just uh, I think overall it it felt fairly cohesive. I think mm. like and a lot of the newer ones like just feel like why are you even doing this episode? Because it's just like we we had a couple of jokes and then we had to figure out how to string them together. Yeah, it's I what I wrote down is like super heightened and abstract. Mm -hmm. Like it was like. Also, this is a Christmas one, which I did yeah. love because I love seasonal show episodes. Like, I love watching all the Christmas of the Office, mm -hmm. and I love – I just love that. Yeah, that really long intro that they so did at the beginning. It was long. very long, which I know they do to stretch the episode, but it was almost like, okay, it's just – I don't know. Yeah, like, is this yeah, episode just like not, 17 minutes? Right. Yeah, it probably was, <laughs> I, if I had to guess. Well, really? Yeah, probably, because what, they're usually like 22 to 24? That mm -hmm. was probably at least a four-minute intro. It was. It was like, yeah. we had like the dogs coming, mm -hmm. and then yeah, we had like a, sleds we were in the and grocery everything. store, and yeah. then we were, yeah, it was a lot. Um... Okay, I wrote down blood toast. I love that someone said that. Now I don't remember the oh, context. Um, it was something about... Sideshow Bob. Oh, he's side like, I want to make a blood of his toast or something. Or uh, I wanted to... Uh, 
it was something about like toasting. Yeah, like he was gonna after he was gonna kill Bart and uh and like uh something about like putting the blood in like his his skull or the chalice or or something like toasting like yeah that. yeah and like and the, the cop the guard was uh, was just like what did I say about uh about blood, blood toast, toast? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was weird um. Okay, it's funny that you said that Kelsey Grammer is Sideshow Bob because I did not know that, and I wrote really? down here. I did not know, and I wrote down Sideshow Bob is Frasier. Yeah. And not, and it, I didn't realize no, that it was the same voice. I liked that in this episode. I like. I mean, obviously, I'm glad he didn't kill Barton Milhouse because also that just can't happen in a regular episode. Right. Um, but it's... Still sent off the missile, though. <laughs> yeah, still shot the missile for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I guess he couldn't turn it off, I guess, maybe? Garden. No, I mean, he put the keys in, but he could have taken the keys out, right? Yeah, I feel like, and like, I can't imagine that a missile silo would be like, well, no, once you press the button, that's it. That's There's it. no, we gotta like, do it. Cancel. No turning back. Um, I did love the choice for it to go off and then land in like a French, <laughs> like a sculpture. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sculpture yeah, the cats are pawing at the door. Yeah, Fred's paws underneath, <laughs> just begging. Um, Yeah, and then there's like these like art people who are like, like one person is like oh i love this like what is this and then someone makes like a snide joke and he's like more like oh well yeah because yeah. they said it was like uh um, they're reading the side like the military oh no norad uh yeah. the the, the <laughs> missile yeah the, and then the guy with like a bandana and sunglasses at night is like more like snorad yeah <laughs> and then they're like oh <laughs> yeah. yeah oh that it was looked a like one. noma a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> Um, see, I'm trying to think if there were some other really good I know my notes really I noted that there were oh, rakes in um, both episodes so that's a callback to one of the very first uh, Sideshow Bob uh, episodes where he's like I think he's chasing after Bart and he steps on the rake and it flies mm. up and hits him in the face and he's like uh, <laughs> and then in the later the I think the second one he's in he steps on the rake and it hits him in the face and then he turns to the left another rake hits him in the face oh turns to the right another rake hits him and they zoom out and there's just a circle of rakes <laughs> on the ground around him for no reason and it just has become this running gag of uh, him stepping on the rakes well because that we didn't talk about this but one of my favorite jokes in the first episode was that nelson like lisa is like laughing at something like lisa is like realizing she has a crush on nelson and she's looking at oh, him right. lovingly out the window and she's like he's such a something boy and like what when you look at him what he's doing is he's hitting a beehive with a rake yes. <laughs> It's so funny. It's really funny. Oh man! And one of those, yeah, going back to that though too. Uh, that whole like dynamic of groundskeeper Willie and Nelson, like that was just so funny to me. I like love. groundskeeper Willie just being like, he's just trying to do what he is, do his job and make sure this kid does what he needs to do. And Nelson's and not be just shit like, on by the yeah. principal. Like everyone's <laughs> yeah. awful to him. I know. Also, I do remember there is one episode where he's very hot. He like mm -hmm. takes off his shirt and he's like, yeah, he rips it he's open. He's got like bottom ripped. abs. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So this was, I don't know. One of the other, uh, there was a lot of Al Alfred Hitchcock references, uh, which, so there was the whole like dial M for murder. Well, it was oh, dial, dial T for therapist. For, for therapist. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that kind of like art, uh, that it went to was, mm -hmm. uh, like the, uh, I believe the opening credits of uh, dial yeah. M for murder. 
There are you could do a whole podcast just on the Hitchcock references in The Simpsons. They make really? a lot of them. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Okay. And it seems like almost every episode of this podcast it comes up because they just do it so often. Whoa. And, That's interesting. Yeah. And I love him and I yeah. didn't even It's a I, I really I enjoy those up. little um also Shaq. Uh, walking around the woods oh my god (laughs) that was so funny so like like, homer sees these footprints and he's uh, and they're obviously the big huge sideshow bob clown shoe footprints he's like well it's either sideshow bob or shack and then shack comes walking on screen with snowshoes on (laughs) dad look it's either sideshow bob or shack not me i'm going that way boy am i lost shack can you help us i'm not superman you have a superman tattoo on your arm How do you know so much about me? You're scaring me. I don't have any money. And then he gets scared and then he flies away. Yeah, it flies off like Superman. Superman. Yeah. And that's funny because that's his his nickname nickname is Superman. Yeah. I got that. So that was the, yeah. That's the joke. Mm -hmm. They love basketball. (laughs) Speaking of Zion Williamson, very excited. (laughs) Yes. Very excited after watching those clips. Um,. I, I wrote Shaq, who flew away. <laughs> also, they had a Zoom reference, and I loved that. Also, wait, this is a little detail, but when Bart is in the missile silo slash bomb shelter, he has a play. It's play dude. Oh, yeah. You know the magazine? But um, the thing on the cover, it's like a oh, yeah. woman in a bikini, but it says Miss Cold War, and that mm. is so funny and to me. And who it is is Agnes Skinner. Which is Principal Skinner's <gasps> mom. old mom. Yeah. Oh, when she's hot and young. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, that's amazing. Because in the first episode, she, I mean, he says, the way he says mother is mm-hmm. just like etched into my brain yeah. as like a thing. Um, That's so funny. And see, so there was, um, so this is, I don't know if it was an intentional, I mean, I guess it's intentional because it's well known uh, throughout the series that Sideshow Bob loves like, uh, show tunes and the opera oh and musicals and i love how the he way tortured he Milhouse. tortured millhouse by singing <laughs> opera uh which was fantastic but it's very funny because uh bart in uh in cape fear um which uh my cousin kate uh did that episode uh which i can't say comes out tomorrow because this will come out after it so it won't make sense but go back and listen to it um i think it's like episode six maybe um and uh bart keeps sideshow bob he distracts him by asking him to sing uh this opera Uh it's uh, so I thought it was funny that it was used to undermine Bob in one episode, and in this one, but it now. was his tool for getting what he wanted. Yeah, that's amazing. And also, I love how he I wrote it down because I loved it so much. He goes, he he said, "Do you like light operetta?" And then Millhouse <laughs> goes like with a weird how light. <laughs> yeah, I love those types it's of so jokes funny. in this show because it's yeah, it's like. No, like, like obviously this is going to be used as a method of torture, though. It's like, mm, how light is it? Because, like, I like some light <laughs> opera. Wait, also, th- I just realized this. Okay, in this episode, when they're walking away, Millhouse is like, because he keeps singing it, even mm. after he agrees to help, down the sidewalk. And he's like, can you at least just stab me in the ear? <laughs> yeah. And then when in the first episode, when um, Nelson beats him up because uh, Lisa gives him the note that mm-hmm. says, like, guess who likes oh, you? Yeah. And he thinks oh. it's Millhouse. She's like, Millhouse, I'm so sorry. And, and then the EMT is like, he can't hear you. We had to put gauze in his ears. Yes. And oh it's like God, a weird so yeah. Millhouse ear connection. <laughs> 
connection. <laughs> Maybe every episode nine of every season has something with Milhouse oh, with his ears. That would be wouldn't that be cool? Such a really weird thing for them to do. I feel but like I the show is so long running. They, I feel like a lot of show creators it's like they have to just start doing little inside mm -hmm. jokes for themselves just for them also when something is so beloved it's i feel like really fun for people to do like little easter eggs and see who finds Mm -hmm. it i mean i think it's yeah a lot of those next time you do an episode nine of a season you should look out to look because if there is that would be amazing that'd be cool what if i knew something about the simpsons that you didn't (laughs) (laughs) i would walk taller yeah walk a little taller (laughs) i uh i don't know yeah i i feel like for being such a late series episode mm. it was honestly really good and i don't know if it's because it was another sideshow bob episode and so yeah like, where they have it a, had this yeah there's already a lot of built-in stuff that like, they can do yeah. exactly um because it did i mean i guess if i were to give it some criticism it's like the plot has more or less been done several times sideshow bob is out of prison for whatever reason whether yeah. he breaks out or he's let out then he tries to kill Bart. Then for whatever reason, he ends up not killing Bart yeah. uh, and also realizing maybe I shouldn't kill Bart. And then that's yeah. that. And then some other smaller plot is happening that you don't even really pay attention to. Yeah. Which actually, what was the other? Was it the Bart is missing where Marge keeps looking for him? Oh, and right. Like... Yeah, I guess it's just the hunt. So I guess it does actually focus around the same thing. We just see different perspectives of the same yeah. Because that was funny. They did that in a funny way where um, the news channel is like, has it like a polling thing where it's yeah, like, like dead or not dead? dead? Yeah. And then they're like, get the big check. They're like, he's dead. And then they go to like, let's Poor look at Marge. the districts where they think he is most the dead. Yeah, <laughs> the deadest. Yeah, that was great. Um, that there is that. And then, um, oh, the whole. Was like, there a B plot aside from that? Not really. I mean, there's the whole Homer and uh, Grandpa Simpson searching for Bart. But yeah, that's the um, Marge gets on the uh, Marge gets on the je- uh, the snow ski and uh, the snowmobile mm-hmm. and um, and then Homer and uh, Abe Simpson are going to go and like <laughs> Homer makes his dad pull him on one of those saucer sleds. <laughs> yeah. And then it's later shown that the dog was also on the sled, too. So oh, like, yeah, oh. so they couldn't like have had the dog pull it. Like He yeah. was a race dog, albeit a bad one. But still. <laughs> And in the opening, he's yeah, the, the doctor. That's true. Pulling yeah, the he's, we've already seen it. Mm-mm. That was so funny. The the build of that joke where Abe, who I love as a character, mm-hmm. um, is you know he does keep saying like nonsense. Like what was the first thing he said? Where he was like, I forget what he said. He said like I feel like a couple of things that were just kind of throwaway or whatever. And then when the missile sets off, he's mm-hmm. like, that sounds oh, like yeah. the cocking mechanism of a seventy nine like blah 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 yeah, missile. Like says and then the Homer model is like, yeah, yeah yeah. And then Homer is like, oh, you keep saying nonsense. <laughs> and then they see then the, the missile, missile in the sky, and he's like, I do have to give you that one yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But then later on, like uh, he's like quote-unquote aiming a gun at uh, Sideshow oh, yeah. Bob and uh, he's not holding a not gun Not even holding at all. a gun. <laughs> oh, we had the thing of the people in the woods who kept trying to, kept being like, what can I shoot? Oh, yeah. That that's was right. fun. Yeah, uh, the hunters who thought uh, that Homer was some a sort pregnant of pregnant. Bear. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it's pregnant. Wailing. We can't shoot it. And he's like, well, I guess we'll wait till morning and then shoot all of them. <laughs> and then it's Marge and Lisa on the snowmobile. Yeah. And then he's like, that's just a woman. You yeah. know, that's a woman. He's like, I got to stop going hunting with my lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. yeah, there were some good lines in there. I it, I would say um, 
laughs like there were definitely way more jokes in the first episode yeah the uh, jpm ratio. yes the jpm this <laughs> much i definitely went longer between laughs on this Same. one uh but the jokes that they had were i wouldn't say were like killers and amazing but they still made me Solid. laugh out loud me it wasn't just like you know that breathe air through my nose laugh right like it was like an actual genuine laugh and I will say, I mean, the difference in these episodes to me, the focus was one was like character driven and one was like plot driven mission based. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think about it as terms of like video games. Mm -hmm. um, but like I'm so much more. I really loved the first episode. Like, it's the first it's episode, a really, really good episode. It's so solid. And I just and maybe like, you know, once they get to like season truly 30 or like mm -hmm. 29, they, they're just like, OK, well every character we've like explored yeah. in some kind of way. So now we just kind of need to like figure out another situation for them all to just kind of exist in. But I loved like the things with like Nelson and Lisa, that was just like, they were the way that we were saying that there were these asides where it's like, they're talking to each other and they're 10 and they're talking mm -hmm. about like having a crush, but the language was abstracted to the point where it could very much be about like adult relationships Absolutely. and all that stuff. Absolutely. That was missing from the second episode. Like the mm -hmm. second episode, it's like, they're not talking about anything else. I right. mean, they're making jokes for the context of this episode. They're mm -hmm. trying to, it's like, they're trying to get to point A from point A to point B. Yeah. And I feel like that depth that I loved so much in the first one was kind of missing. I would say second. that even in other episodes where the plot is Sideshow Bob is trying to kill Bart, we really get to see Bart's fear a lot more. They really yeah. bring that up, like especially in Cape Fear. Like yeah. he is afraid and he's reduced to being a little boy again yeah. as opposed to being the like you know ah, i'm a prankster kid badass yeah. yeah like he's a, he's like we see him as actually a child mm. and in this like bart's like in, he's never he's scared. in there he's just yeah he's just hanging out he knows how to fix the phone he yeah. uh he's reading play dude he's drinking powdered milk without adding water <laughs> to it uh <laughs> eating dried coughing fruit. up white clouds yeah um and then when like sideshowbot gets down there like he's afraid but like he's not he doesn't have this fear. It's just yeah. kind of like he's more inconvenienced that sideshow. And it's Bob like a gear there. shift in the plan where he's like, mm -hmm. oh, this adds another layer to yeah. my like plan that I, I need to figure yeah. out. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's a good point bringing that up because it just doesn't, there aren't, there's not a lot of emotion in this. As yeah. far as like jokes and the plot being interesting, I would say, you know, it, it, it achieved that. Right. But as far as like the heart or, any sort of uh, real connection to the characters that like, cause there was nothing there. Like I was just like, I yeah. don't know. And maybe it's cause the idea has been done a few times. I was not like, Oh no, what's going to happen to Bart? I wasn't like, well, he's definitely, I mean, obviously I know he's not going to kill Bart, but like, you know, yeah. there's still that he like, ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like there's so many things you can endow the characters with, like, like you're saying that fear and stuff mm -hmm. like we can, we can have a vulnerable Bart yeah. where we like learn something about or him. even Bart the like becomes like real like strong and badass like yeah. you know becomes yeah. the hero in a way like could even explore that yeah it it kind of felt like they were like it was a very well worn track where mm -hmm. they were just put setting the pieces up and letting yeah. them run the course that they have done a million times mm -hmm. and I just feel like. And maybe that, and I, I, I was interested to watch more. Like the the first one was so good, mm -hmm. like it blew me away, kind of how good it was. Because I haven't watched any of them as an adult that are the earlier ones, right, right. And um, 
It was so good. Mm-hmm. Like it was I, like really I said, I forgot. Funny. Like it's not an episode I have forgotten, but I've couldn't remember a lot of details and a lot of the jokes and mm-hmm. like quotes and stuff that like I recite to this day. I forget like the scene where uh, uh, Millhouse like hands the note to Nelson for Lisa and he's like, guess who likes you? That's a meme in the Simpsons community. Like oh. it's used all the time for different things. Like they'll put different people's faces on it and make yeah. the note say different things oh, cool. and all that. And I, I'm like, yeah, Forgot, I know like, that episode. Origin. I know that scene, but yeah, I, for the life of me, like if you told me what episode, asked me to uh, say what episode it was from, I probably wouldn't remember to tell you. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. And like, I feel like the episode nine of 29, there's no memes from that. Mm-hmm. There's no, nothing. No, like, not at all. No right. one's going to do that. Like, yeah. And that's kind of sucks. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like. There's a part of me and this is, you know, this has been a common uh, topic on the on the on the podcast. But like, I don't know exactly how I'll how I'll feel when it actually ends, because part of me is like the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when it's, is their last? Um, I mean, they've got up to 32 uh, right and they're now. They're 30 now. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they'll go more. I don't know. Mm. I guess it depends on how 31 and 32 do, because they only renewed them for two more seasons. How old which, is Matt Groening? I don't know. It's. I mean, let's see. Is I a mean, season a year? No. Uh, no. But I mean, you could argue probably thereabouts. So I mean, he's got to be in his sixties, if I had a guess. Wow. Yeah. I was about to say, well, he's at least thirty because it's The Simpsons is thirty. I'm like, yeah, of course he's at he least thirty it years as a old. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Have they ever gone? Is he Republican? Please tell me no. Probably not okay. uh, from just from the way the show operates and like the topics they cover. I mean, they do have some stuff that later on, but I think it's just that they enjoy making fun of everyone in kind of Equal a way. Opportunity yes. offenders. That's the but it is line. very much like they had like it's, it's very funny since they like they're part of their contract is that they are allowed to continue to make fun of Fox uh, while they're on Fox. <gasps> yes. And so uh, or at least I've heard that. I don't know yeah. if that's true, but. Um, so there was an episode like in the opening credit scene, there's a Fox News helicopter like it actually has the Fox News logo on it. Helicopter Amazing. fly across and the uh, tagline on it is uh, not racist, but number one with racists. <gasps> That's great. Yeah. Which is like kind of a big stand also on. I mean, I know like there's a big disconnect, I think, between Fox News and then Fox, the broadcasting network. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, still, the fact that they were able to. First of all, just say that alone. Make that yeah. joke is pretty ballsy, even if they were on a different network. Yeah. Uh, to just come right out and say it. Uh, but then to roast them on their own on network. The, yeah. yeah. It's pretty great. So I feel like I he's that. probably not a right wing guy. I hope so. Yeah. That's why I pretty much just stick to self-deprecation. Because like, while one, like, yeah, I said a lot of comics do it. But also I'm like it's no one can get mad right, <laughs> i'm right. only making fun of me or maybe of, you know situations close to me and things yeah, like yeah. that but it's like it's it's i'm just making fun of myself it's yeah i'm not i'm not punching up or down i'm punching, <laughs> I'm punching inwards yeah <laughs> punching backwards that's that's a really yeah. good album title oh that is good that's a that really good, good one um yeah i make fun of thin women because they're all bad <laughs> <laughs> And then also specifically like, the white ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my god, exclusively the white ones. Um, and I feel like a lot of my comedy isn't even making fun of anything. I'm mm-hmm. just like 
this thing happened. What do we all feel about it? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like the yeah. only thing you actually like that I can think of all the time I had that you make fun of is spirit animals, <laughs> which is a racist <laughs> term. Yeah. Yeah. And then I say what mine is. So yeah. like, I'm not even. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just whew, get rolled up sometimes. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Going to open mics every night of the week mm-hmm. and hosting and producing a, a an open mic. Oh my god! Just the things you see. It's the exposure to like just these words and, and ideas that I'm just like I, it, which is a great positive thing because yeah. I'm getting exposed to words and ideas, uh, or at least ideas and experiences that as a straight white guy yeah. I don't have and like these perspectives and stuff like that that I never would have thought of. Um, or even like even from other straight white guys who just yeah. have had different life experiences yeah. to me. Um, it's it's very interesting. But the flip side of that is that I get to see the crazy thoughts of right. like, you know, and, and I know crazy is not the right term, but the <laughs> absurd, unstable, unstable. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe you thought this would be OK to say right. to a microphone in public like right. those oh thoughts. It's just like, oh, my God, like how what are we doing? <sighs> those days of like when those things happen when on stage when i'm hosting my show i'm just like which rarely happens like we have a really good but the thing is that we do have like you know like the gutter punks and like uh mm-hmm. and homeless people who mm-hmm. come into the yeah like, sure as long as they can buy one drink the bar's like yeah come on in yeah um and so which is great that they don't discriminate against people yeah. or of anything as long as you can come in and spend money hey yeah come on in uh, and a lot of them, they don't even have a drink minimum. A no, lot of them, it's like, can you write your name on this piece of paper? <laughs> yeah. and then you can do exactly. three minutes. Yeah. And so they come in. And so like we get to see, because we, you know, the bar is not a neighborhood bar. It's yeah. a French, French, you know, French of the French Quarter and Frenchman mm-hmm. Street bar. So it's like you get a wide variety of people signing totally. up. Uh, so there have been some things where it's like, who, like, not like we need to bring out the hook and take them off the stage. But yeah. it's like. I might, I'm going to give them a heads up that if they come back next time, don't say that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, because the audience was visibly like, uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but generally, we have a good, you know, we have people that like, I, I, you know, I wouldn't maybe trust you, like, I wouldn't loan you my car, but like, I trust you to not say the N word into the microphone and thank you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for doing yes. the <laughs> Right. I fully believe. Every hour at an open mic takes one minute off your life. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I mean, and this is interesting, but I guess as we're talking about this, like what, who makes fun of who and like blah, blah, blah. I feel like the comedy that I love the most is like personal, is Mm -hmm. like super personal. I I mean, there's people who are like stylized and weird, like Rory Scovel, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not, he's just, he's mostly don't know anything about him. Yeah. Yeah. But like his first late night set that he did in an Mm -hmm. accent, like that he did in a character that's not him. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And he talks about texting and driving. Mm -hmm. Do you know that one? I I think I'm like half familiar with it. Like, he wears like a camo shirt and he is from Georgia, but he doesn't really have an accent. And he does, he wears this like camo button down and he's like holding a beer and he's like, texting and driving 
we just got that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at that or not. Like, and he does the whole thing in a character. And I remember being like, I love this. And then I looked him up and he doesn't talk like that. And yeah. it was so cool. But so there are these outliers. But I think for the most part, the people whose comedy I love the most is like deeply personal because, mm-hmm. yeah, it gives you insight into this experience. And it's original. No one else. No one has else gone can write. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I remember Corey Mack told me one time uh, we had like done a show and he's driving back and he I was like first year into mm-hmm. stand up or whatever, maybe second year and he was just like julie one thing that you never have to worry about is people stealing your material Mm -hmm. because they never could say what you're saying like and it was about like having a twin brother and like you know coming to billy madison (laughs) or whatever (laughs) which is a universal experience but um but if somebody if you ever hear someone talking about that it's like "Mm, you've heard julie bitch yeah yeah. and it's really like thinking my period has come is the (laughs) full extent of that joke but (laughs) for all you home listeners (laughs) it is like that um yeah oh i forgot where i was going with that um uh, was it a sexual experience with yes it was yeah (laughs) um the idea of like the personal personal? yeah the personal level of stuff and um how yeah that like that's the thing i really like because even no i do like I do like a lot of observational humor as well. Like, I do too. Uh, yeah. Like you know, like obviously, like Mitch Hedberg and yeah. uh, and and Seinfeld even, and mm-hmm. uh, like there's stuff to where I'm just like, oh man, yeah, I never thought about that. That's Same. great. I love that. And, and Jim Gaffigan's another. But Jim Gaffigan is also like super personal because he's talking about his wife and his kids, and yeah. it's like, I mean, a lot of it is just like, ah, I like this food, but like, or I had this weird experience at the bank or whatever, which is funny and i love that but yeah. it also does have a real personal level with like his family and kids and stuff Absolutely. like that which i really like well and it's all coded in his voice and i guess that's what i mean yeah. by personal it's like you hone your voice to be that even when he is talking about how mexican mm-hmm. food is just the same ingredients right. it's like you hear because even if he's doing that he does those what are those whisper things where he's like yeah the little, don't like that mm-hmm, or whatever yeah, you know it's the like, little, like the audience thoughts and yeah stuff like that. and that's yeah. totally so personal that's no like one, very, and no one yeah. else does that right and like, or right. if they do it's very clearly they're yeah wrong. Uh, like and that's actually a good point because like if you think about the other two like kind of not really one-linery i mean mitch hedberg was kind of one-linery but like a hundred percent yeah <laughs> uh, kind of yeah he, <laughs> he was, wrote the book yeah, right and the book is he invented line. twitter before twitter existed he did <laughs> oh my much. god yeah um uh, but like he but it was like observational stuff largely and yeah. similar to um Dimitri stephen Martin. wright and yeah Dimitri Mar and seinfeld and their delivery is very like once you hear that joke by them you can only hear it absolutely by them. like yeah. mitch hedberg jokes were only funny because mitch hedberg was saying totally that. and a lot of i mean some seinfeld jokes are funny you know out of context yeah. but a large amount is just like the way he's like getting upset about like something so silly right. and the way his voice changes you know volume yeah. and octave it's like that's funny that's the dane cook thing too yes, i mean yeah. yeah i remember thinking he's the funniest person alive when i was like you I know in ninth grade yeah. i loved him too and so much of it was like how he would yell the punchlines mm-hmm. yeah and then it you know became and then it was like oh this is what people like and instead of still keeping it sparing like that's yeah. the thing i think jim gaffin does a really good job with is people love his little like is that what he's really going to say? You like, can do that, that really well. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Jim. Mine wasn't good. <laughs> uh, but like, he'll do that thing. And like, he knows people love that. And mm-hmm. he knows it's kind of his signature thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I've noticed maybe if he does do it a little bit more than he used to, it's imperceptible to me. Like, yeah. I, and which I think is good. Like he's keeping it like, 
He's going to keep doing the thing because he knows people loves it, love it, but he's not going to do it as the punchline to every joke. Absolutely. Whereas I think Dane Cook started being like, I'm going to yell and scream at the end of every, you know, like, yeah. and not in the way that like Sam Kinison, like that was just his thing. Like right. he always did that fine, whatever. But like Dane Cook, it was like, he did it some of the time and then like you know doing it and then all the, the writing just, just wasn't really there yeah. like some of the stuff like a lot of those i think one of the reasons like it resonated with all of us in like middle school high school is because it is a very high school way mm -hmm. of like he's just like the bk lounge it's like yeah you know it's like something you did with your he's friends making references and he's to friendster and exactly, stuff like that exactly i mean honestly his uh bit about the cat growing up catholic and going to church like that was like because there's not a lot of people that you know jim gaffigan is one that talks yeah. about growing up catholic but there's not a lot of ca uh, comedians that talk about being catholic mm. and so um i feel like most comedians are catholic i think so i think there's just <laughs> not I, maybe it's just that it's yeah. like there's nothing to mine uh from it but i love yeah. like uh dane cook's whole thing about like uh you know the holy communion and like the way the priests like sings but not oh, really yeah, sings yeah, yeah. and calling him a jesus and mm -hmm, stuff like the host mm -hmm. of jesus like it was so like we showed it to my mom who is like super, super religious yeah. catholic like she is she gives out the eucharist at mass and stuff holy like God. she is she goes to church every sunday always has yeah. always will she found it funny yeah. now her face was blush red and she felt she i'm sure she said a novena afterwards but like <laughs> she but she was laughing and she yeah. wasn't like this is horrible like so like it yeah. was still funny to a person who is like a deeply strict still catholic in, yeah yeah, yeah. Ugh, comedy is good i love comedy yeah, yeah. do you think dane cook yells at his 19 year old girlfriend when they <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit beer all over the place on that. Um, God, probably. Probably. I, I hope she yells at him. I hope she does. That Jesus would be good. Christ. Like I, I hope, hope he. I hope she's the dom in that. I hope she doesn't think he's funny and that it like <laughs> yeah. kills him. Maybe that's maybe that's why he's with her. He found the he found somebody who you know. I mean, you don't have to look very far. Like I don't yeah. think a lot of <laughs> that's true. Yeah, as I was saying, I was like that could be anyone, anyone. closer to his age even. <laughs> No, he doesn't want that. I don't think. Oh man, that's. Mm, I mean, like, that. I had a joke about oh, what was it? Oh, it was about how I don't drink a drive anymore. Mm, um, you don't? No, wow. I'm very good about it. I have a breathalyzer in my bag. <gasps> that's amazing. Yeah, so I uh, make sure that I don't do it because, like, and like when I would Those drink a drive, drink it would be like, you know, <laughs> uh, oh, when I first got it, it was definitely like pass like around fun, the bar. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's a game. But I, because like there would be times where like I just like all right legally I'm drunk but like I because well, I have a fine. high tolerance like yeah. I'm fine like mm -hmm. I would be able to pass like the flashlight test and walk yeah. the line and all that but it's still your reflexes are slowed so yeah. it's like I, I know. you know I don't want to if anything I could hurt somebody and also I, I so often have Mary Devon in the car with me so like it's not just me me in I'm like, endangering yeah. and the other people on the road also the woman the person I love. you love yeah, the most exactly. right right. And so I made a concerted effort, especially because like Lyft and Uber are so easy now. Like mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it's eight dollars to get home versus, you know, possibly murdering someone. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll pay the eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on like who I hit. Like, <laughs> like how much money do they have? Like, are they a are billionaire? They a yeah. Are they a cop? Like that's are they some sort of politician? Um, yeah. But anyway, so I uh, <laughs> I was doing a, a bit about how I wasn't drinking a driver. I forget what the overall, like, what the setup was. Um, but the punchline of it was uh, something along the lines of, I haven't said it in a long time, but 
something along the lines of like buzzed driving it like you know the whole thing like buzz driving is drunk driving the idea that buzz driving like it's like it's not illegal but you still shouldn't do it and i was like it's kind of like having sex with an 18 year old like uh, that's good. it's not illegal but you shouldn't do it weird. like your yeah, friends yeah. are still gonna give you shit about yeah, it yeah like, yeah that that's good i like that I, yeah, I moved to New York, so I would stop drinking and driving. <laughs> but if you could murder one person, who would it be? <laughs> oh, God, absolutely. I think, well, I'll give a hint. Uh, I've said their name on this episode <gasps> of the podcast. No, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Because <laughs> if that person does die, then it's going to be like, um. You have a person? <laughs> no, I really don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, I, I couldn't murder somebody. Not because of, like, laws, but just, like, general fear. But what if? I mean, also because of the it, laws, it is a deterrent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what if just you saying it made it happen, and you and it could oh, never be traced wow. back to you, and you didn't have any, you didn't have any part in oh, it except saying it. Goodness, that's man. I don't know if I would be able to do that. That's a lot of power. Um, well, cool. wow, we really went, we covered some yeah, ground. We covered some stuff. I love The I'm, Simpsons was quite the catalyst. I know. I'm excited to see what you edit out yeah. to see like <laughs> what was not. Like, <laughs> or like how good I sound in the end of it. Like <laughs> cut oh, out anything. Good. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. say anything bad because I'm perfect. <laughs> I have the best ideas. Also, it's not really not saying anything bad ever. It's more just like having an attitude of like, I don't mm-hmm. know. And I'm open to learning. And yeah. like, if I make a mistake, then I'll listen to people who know more than me and I'll change. Yeah. No one is born knowing how Indian representation in the media should right. be handled. Like, Especially no one knows that. Yeah, no, it's like how, I mean, a lot of times I see, you know, these, uh, these you know, computer guys on TV. I'm just like, that's wrong. They're not. That's mm. not how we are at all. You know, it's <laughs> weird. They're so different. Like, I appreciate the representation, but it's just, it's wrong. You should have gotten someone who actually knows how to write code. You know, like, that's, that's what I feel about fat <laughs> women, like, honestly, because there's so few of us. I'm very much, just to clarify, I'm very much not comparing being a computer programmer <laughs> to being uh, in a minority, which, by the way, what's the end of, of the computer community? I guess it's nerd. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean literally, but that's very funny. That's very funny. Uh, all right. Well. Wow. So where can where can people find you on the internet? Everyone should follow me you? on Twitter at Julie Poptart, J U L I E P O P T A R T. Um, that is my Twitter. It's also every social media I have. So like Instagram. Also, my website is juliepoptart.com, and that's where you can find shows and videos I've made and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for doing this. This is a lot of fun. Jeffrey, yeah. this was so great. This is fantastic. Um, well, there was a lot. Of, we covered a lot of ground in this episode. We did it, uh, and uh, <laughs> we had a good. If you, oh, real quick before we end, um, yeah. if you had to rate that new episode on like a like mm. uh, like a like A through F scale. Uh, a through you, F, like you know, not like, numbers. No, like like okay. a grade, like with minuses oh, and pluses, okay, like in okay. school. Uh, yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay, well, the first episode that we watched mm-hmm. would absolutely be an A minus. Okay, yeah. And I the agree. second episode that we watched would be a C minus. Okay, yeah. What What about you? I would probably, yeah, I'd put it around like a C, C minus. Um, I, cause, uh, you know, obviously for the things I outlined uh, before, where it's mm-hmm. like a little derivative of of episodes they've done in the past, but it was still enjoyable. Yeah. And had some good laughs. Totally and, still enjoyable. Yeah. So. What yeah, was about the so, first one? Um, the first one, yeah, I probably, man, I laughed like real hard in this episode. I can't, I don't think I could say it was perfect. Yeah. Uh, Cause it definitely had B. some things. Yeah. 
Probably a B plus. B plus. You should show me an A episode that you okay. think. Because I would love to see it. I think uh, Cape Fear might be my A episode. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which is uh, the uh, episode Next with episode. my cousin Cape. Yeah. And I love Kate. Yeah. Kate Fear. Ah, there it is. <laughs> 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 uh, well, thank you so much, Julie. Thank uh, you. Follow her on on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Blair's underscore of times. Uh, special thanks to Dankmas for letting us use uh, the theme song. And uh, yeah, we'll be in two weeks. We'll be back. Sorry, Mister Bird, but I don't go into these back door shenanigans. You're maybe even a little curious. Wouldn't even hear.